Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. We're transitioning from our uh, Essentials series, and I'm the last few weeks, Thursday night, have been just so powerful. Um, you know, it's like I'm trying to just make it really short, and we just got into some heavy and just good conversation. I mean, it started with a, a little topic that just was a half hour of good. I don't know how to explain it. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. And so it's been a great time. I've been enjoying the tension of talking about some of the things and being open to the struggles that we have in life. Uh, It was something that as I was transitioning from this essential series and we've got Easter in three weeks, so... And two weeks after that, we'll go into a Palm Sunday, and then we'll do the Easter service. But I've got two Sundays that I kind of have, like, free, right? To I can do whatever I want unless I want to do, like, Philemon or a book with maybe one chapter. But I, I put out there, and I asked some people, hey, any ideas? And I actually got about 10 different things, people messaging me, all kinds of stuff. I mean, good stuff. Some people saying, you know, they want to talk about end times And I was like, well, we kind of went through Revelation, um, and they weren't even from our church, you know, and I was like, yeah, not going to do that. Uh, And and just a lot of good things, but something that has been just on my mind and on my heart is the burden of life and how it shows up continually and how things change. And so this morning, I'm going to talk about being king, boogie boarding, winter, a man loses his horse, and relativity. Okay. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes written by Solomon. At least that's what we believe. And the first few chapters, well, first of all, the book starts off meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless, and then it goes downhill, okay? It goes further down, and Solomon, who is king, who has just the ability to have what he wants, finds that the things that he has pursued to find meaning have left him wanting. That he has tried to accumulate wealth 
And it was meaningless. That pleasures, he just gave himself over to pleasures. And he had 300 concubines, 700 wives. And I don't know if that equals pleasure or insanity. I think this latter. But there was no meaning there. And then he, he pursued wisdom. If he could know wisdom, he found that was meaningless. And then even in his vocation, if I work and accomplish things with my hands and all these things he found was meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And I love the book of Ecclesiastes because it's so emotional because I read those things and I don't know about you, but I say, man, I've been there. I have felt that way. I can relate to you, Solomon. And I know we don't like to talk that way sometimes, but that's just how it is. Sometimes I feel like, what is the point of all of this? And then we come to chapter 3, and it's like this break, right? It's like moving from this desert to finding an oasis, the, the clouds, the dark clouds start to, to clear and we get this ray of hope and this ray of sunshine. But I wouldn't call it really good news. It's more hauntingly true than anything else. Where he gives us these things that help us to maybe understand the seasons of life. And so in chapter 3, starting at verse 1, Solomon writes, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, And a time to mend, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. This is probably the most familiar passages in the book of Ecclesiastes. We hear them at funerals and at weddings, which is interesting, right? They're at both. This always reminds me of a story. I was playing music for a wedding And this one line in his time, he's made all things beautiful in his time. It was part of a song way back when where we'd sing, in his time, he makes all things beautiful. And so I was singing this song as the couple was going to come down. And I was told, because I was kind of backstage and all I could do was see the top of the stage. And I was told that when they 
get to the top of the stairs, stop singing, because then they'll move on to the ceremony. And so I was there, and I was singing the song, and I went through one verse, and it wasn't a very long walkway. I went through the second verse, nobody's there. So I repeated the first verse, no one's there. Repeated the second verse, no one's there. Made up a third verse, because it wasn't a very long song, right? And I'm just like, what's going on here? Did she change her mind? You know, is, did she leave? Whatever happened, then someone comes running back, and they go... They're waiting for you to stop the song so that they can walk up the stairs. It's like I'd gotten the wrong information. So I'm just having this solo, right, singing this song at a wedding. It's like, in his time, he will shut up and stop singing. Anyway, it reminds me of that song. You know, there is this tension that is taking place between these apparent opposites. And they are seasons. There's a, a time for these different things. And it's kind of this ebb and flow. It's as if you were in the ocean. And if you've ever gone body surfing or surfing or boogie boarding, you know, there's these sets of waves that come. And you're always waiting for the waves. And you're looking and there might be a couple of small swells. And all of a sudden, here comes the breakers. And then you're able to catch those. And you try and catch as many of those. And then there's going to be another kind of serene time. But there's this kind of motion of this is happening and then it eases and it's happening and then it eases. And the tension between these things, between the, the weeping and the laughing, the mourning and the dancing, these opposites that are taking place are held together by this thread of time that we find ourselves living in. And we find ourselves living in this different place. You might be at a time of mourning right now. And the person next to you might be in a time of dancing. And it's so interesting because you could be sitting right next to each other at the same time here together, but experiencing life in totally different ways, right? Some of you came here and you were happy to be here. Hopefully all of you did. But, you know, some of you are like, yeah, I can't wait to get here. And then some of you were drugged here by somebody maybe. And it's like, oh, we got to go to church again, you know. And you're sitting next to each other and someone's there just waiting, anticipating, desiring to hear God speak something into their hearts. And the other person is looking at their watch saying, when is he going to be done? I've got a lot to say this morning. No, <laughs> And you're occupying the same area, the same time, but are living in the extreme of these two things. And it's pulling at us. The wave is crashing on some while others are riding the crest. And we've all experienced this diversity. And what makes something beautiful, whether it is the weeping, or it is the laughing, is the time and the embrace of that time and how it is working in our life, where it occupies us. And so the time where we gather and the time where we scatter, how can one be beautiful 
depends on the time. And that's what's hard for us because of how we see time. It's easy to see distinctions between gathering and scattering or searching and giving up. But there's another conflict at the heart of these things that is mentioned here. And it says, I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in this time. The burden, the weight, the, the pressure we feel that we live through these seasons. But with a blind awareness that there is more happening. You see, what happens to me, and I think it happens to a lot of us, is when I am in one of these seasons, that is all I see. It consumes me. I lose sleep or I gain weight or I lose sleep and gain weight (laughs) because it is there in the midst of me and it is what I see and it is all I see. But he's also set eternity in our hearts. So even though I am stuck in the moment and I can't get out of it, to quote Bono, some of you know YouTube, even though I'm stuck in this moment and it's all I see, in my heart there is something more pulling at me. But oftentimes, I I am not aware of it. I'm not aware of the tension of time. I'm just stuck in one of those periods. And as he talks about setting eternity in the human heart, yet no one has fathomed what God has done from the beginning, there's an important way to look at it. The message translates this, but he's left us in the dark. Right? And another translation says he has also put obscurity or timelessness. And so this idea of eternity is there's something beyond our ability to grasp. We don't see it. There is something that we know is there, but we can't feel it. It's not tangible to us, but it is something we are aware of nonetheless. And that's what haunts us. That's the burden is I feel something pulling me, but I feel stuck in this place waiting to get out of Wherever it is that is not feeling good, whether it be the mourning, whether it be the giving up, whether it be the weeping, whether it be losing someone, something, health. We feel the weight of that moment, but we are being pulled to something that we don't fully understand. And something within us is pulling at us And it's caught in this season of time that we are so controlled by. And these seasons and how we live in them reveal something to us, right? Some of us are, are struggling. You're struggling emotionally. You're struggling financially. You're you're struggling at home. You're struggling at the job. You're you're struggling in your health. And then some of you are not. And it aggravates those who are, right? We look at you and you say, man, they've got it so good. And look at where I'm at. Why does it always seem to be good for others and not 
for me. How do you live with this knowledge that you're on one end of this spectrum, but there is another end somewhere else? Some of us, even when things are going good, we feel like the hammer's about to fall, right? Impending doom. I remember, tell on you, Ben. Remember before the baby was born, you were like, oh man, I'm so worried. Oh man, I hope everything's okay. There's just this fear that was just written all over you after the baby's born. Man, I didn't see an ounce of that. Right, Ben's posting the pictures. Yeah, daddy, daddy, daddy. Right, he's just on cloud nine. But before, here's something incredibly important. Oh no, what if? And so many times we find ourselves with that impending doom. But to live a life that is whole, to live a life that is complete, we have to live in the tension of these moments. You can't run away from the waves that are crashing. You you can't move away from the emotions that are taking. You have to live there because that's where you live. And you have to live there open, willing to be put at risk for these things so that you can experience what is beautiful. Oh, it might not seem beautiful now, but time is at work. And things are moving. You know, California was un- had such an incredible drought Years, we had no rain. And then there was this year, right? And how many times I heard people complaining about the rain. I just wish it would stop, right? Enough already. Californians, right? Oh, my gosh. They're at 20 below up in North Dakota. Oh, man, it is 40 degrees and raining. What's going on here? oh man, this is terrible. I hate it. It's so gloomy. It affects me emotionally. And now look, it's beautiful outside. There's clouds, blue skies. This will last about a week and then we'll go into summer. And then we'll be complaining. It's so hot. You should see my electric bill. It's moving. It's a season. It's passing. It's a wave that's coming and crashing. And life is moving like that. But we're only seeing the weather and forgetting that it's a part of a season. It's only winter. Spring is coming. It's only a season. Wherever you're at, it's going to change. I don't know what the change will be, and I can't say it's going to change for the good. It might seem terrible. You don't know what it brings, and you don't know how it can be made beautiful. There's the story of Joseph in Scripture, who was sold into slavery by his brothers. Talk about bad days, right? And as he ends up 
in a house. He stirs, becomes high in the house, and then the Potiphar's wife accuses him falsely. He's thrown into prison. It's like he's doing good, and now he's back at the bottom. Then he interprets dreams, and then it's good again, and then he comes second in charge under Pharaoh, and then he actually helps to rescue his brothers, and his brothers finally, through this just beautiful story, see him and are afraid because what they did And he says, don't be afraid. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. And that story is just like, what? How can can this happen? But we don't know how things are going to change. We don't know what time will bring. We told the story uh, Thursday night about a man who, who loses his horse. His horse runs away and his neighbor comes over to him and he goes, terrible thing about the horse running away and the man says how do you know and then the horse finally comes back and it brings with it 20 other horses and so the neighbor comes back and he goes wow great thing look at they brought 20 horses and the man says how do you know and then the man's son is training one of the horses and then gets thrown off the horse and breaks his arm and the neighbor comes over and says terrible thing about your son breaking his arm and the man says how do you know And then this band of mercenaries come to to get young men to go off to war, but they can't take him because he's injured and he has a broken shoulder. And they say, good thing that your son had a broken arm, right? He wasn't able to go to war. And the guy, how do you know? You're at a place right now and things seem real dark. How do you know? How do you know what tomorrow's going to bring? Do you feel like you are hopeless in this situation? Do you feel like you have no voice? You always have a voice. Joseph had a choice how he would live in each of those moments. And those choices he made led to where he was. You have a choice of how you are going to live in the moment. And it doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't take away the frustration. It doesn't take away the hurt. But what time will do is it stretches out as it can make it beautiful in his time. God is going to rewrite the story. Wherever you're at, there is always hope because God is always at work. And I want us to hold on to those things. You know, Ben shared his story about going from a place of drug addiction to now having a career, having a family, and being in a totally different place. Someone shared Thursday night as we were talking about a prayer that they made and just asking God for help, and they needed some finances for the program that they were doing, and Right after they were done praying, within minutes, someone called and wanted to talk to them, ended up donating $10,000 in just minutes. Like, those are the prayers we want, right? I, I want that kind of prayer. And they were just left thinking, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting that. From mourning to laughing and like that can also crash down and swing the other way. We don't know. You know, this idea of of relativity, and and I'm not going to try and even explain it, right? I 
who knows? Some of you out there know what's going on, but I mean, Einstein in his theory found that space and time were interwoven into a single continuum known as the space-time continuum. And that events that occur at the same time for one observer can occur at a different time for another. I don't even get that. But our universe is a mysterious place. Is not our God the same? Is not God mysterious? And how does he work? And how does he take tragedy and rewrite the story to being one of hope? How does he take the need and bring it to a place of surplus? How does he take joy, bring it to tragedy and make it something good? They're all doors that are moving as you pass through this passage of time. And all we see is this one spot. It's like a parade. You know, my wife and I used to help out, or we did one year, and that was enough. Never did that again at the Rose Parade, right? Where we helped out, and we would be there at some, you know, like 10 at night to 5 in the morning guarding a float, right? And I took my job way too seriously. I remember I was such a jerk. Yeah, this is, I'm going to make sure no one steals a flower from this float. <laughs> anyway, you just got to laugh at yourself in his time. Okay, so when you're looking at the parade on the street, all you see is what's happening before you. But if you were in a helicopter, an elevated position, you would be able to see the whole parade. Right here, I just see, you know, the one float for the city of Anaheim. But up here, I see the float for Chase Bank and for, you know, the USC. And then I see all the floats placed out, and I see them in a moment of time. And I can say to the person standing on the street, oh, I I see the float for the bank. And they go, no, you don't. It's not here. I go, yeah, no, I see it. I don't see it. It's here. I, I see it. And your life might be stuck. And this is all I see. I see a float of despair I see a float of hurt. All I see in front of me is darkness. And I'm here to tell you that I see something different. I'm here to tell you that there is light, that the wave is changing. You've got a set coming in. You're going to be on top. You just don't see it yet. Well, when's it going to be? I don't know. And it might be years. It might be a desert for a while. Joseph spent seven years and then seven years and then years upon years. But it changed. Why did it change? Because there is meaning that is moving our universe. God is at work and he cares about you and wants you to know 
that he can make things beautiful in time. There's a story in Luke chapter 23 of Christ on the cross with the two criminals. In verse 32, it says, Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. I don't know of a clearer swing of events than being on a cross, dying slowly, and then being told that this day you will be with me in paradise. I I, I don't know of a more powerful story that helps us to understand that there is nothing we can do to earn God's pleasure and his favor. That this man couldn't be baptized. He couldn't go out and and help with the poor. He he couldn't say a sinner's prayer. He, He didn't do anything but entrusted himself to Jesus. And from there, God took over. Now, the story does not end good for this man as far as he didn't come down from the cross and he was fine. No, he died. But he was promised paradise. And we know the promise is true because Christ also died. But he rose again, giving hope to us and to his promises. So that no matter where we are in the season of our life, we can know that it is going to change. We can know that God is for us. So who can be against us? Can winter be against us? Can mourning be against us? Can weeping be against us? Can scattering be against us? Can anything be against us if God is for us and who is at work, who is beyond the reach of time. And he's put this burden on our hearts, telling us he will make 
everything beautiful in its time. Whatever you're feeling, feel the weight of those words in your life where you are at so that they can carry you to where you will one day be. And I don't know when that day will come. I don't know the waves that will happen in the meantime. But we hold on as time stretches us through the seasons. In Psalm 42, verse 7, it says, Deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. The psalmist in this psalm is crying out, God, why have you forsaken me? Look at my enemies. They are triumphing, triumphing over me. And he is crying out to God even as the waves are crashing over him. But, oh, psalmist, hold on because time is moving and God is moving in it. And God has not forgotten you, and he will not forget you. The Lord does not sleep, nor does he slumber. He remembers you. And he will see us through the seasons. And he will make them all beautiful in their time. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those whose season is dark. I pray for those who are in the struggle of life right now. And Lord, I know of a number of them. But Lord, I know it can be a moment that things change. It can be a moment where our spirits are lifted. It can be just a moment when we are being overwhelmed and feeling the waves crash upon us that we are on the crest and riding them. Things can change suddenly, but Lord, what we need to do, even as Joseph did, is live lives of humble gratitude and faithfulness to you not because of the season we're in, not because of the conditions, but because this is who we are as your children. And we will love in the light and we will love in the darkness. And we will praise you when it rains and when the sun is out. And we will trust you even through the valleys as well as the mountaintops. Lord, I pray your hope would rain upon us. I pray that the seasons of life would be a reminder that you are at work even in this darkness. Lord, your work is taking place in us. Where we are at is where we have now to work. May we allow that work to take place. May we allow change to take place. May may we call out to you and say, Lord, remember me. Remember me. And may your promise ring true again.
you are for us. Nothing can be against us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. May you not look for the end of the season that you're in, but may you look for God in the midst of the season. May you allow beauty to develop in your life right where you are at so that you may look back and see God's hand at work and trust Him for the work in the future. Have an amazing week. God bless you guys. Thank you guys for being here. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.